You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to NSPS Radio Hour. This is Kirk Sumner, your host. Thank you for joining us for another show today. I always appreciate your listening to what we have to say. Uh, my guest today is Anna Burroughs, who is a young surveyor in Texas and is involved in the the overall Young Surveyors Network, in particular the NSPS Young Surveyors Network, and we're going to talk about that somewhat today and want to introduce you to Anna. Anna, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Uh, kind of tough to uh, to turn do the quick turnaround after we were just out in uh, Arizona, and uh, of course... You're a lot younger than than am I, so all that transition of uh, from getting back to being up and ready to do things again <laughs> maybe isn't quite as difficult as it is for for the older crowd. I don't know. Uh, it can still affect you a little bit. Yeah, that's for sure. Now, you, I guess you guys got out on Saturday, or um, I returned to Texas on Friday evening. On Friday, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. I know some of the others stayed for the uh, uh, dinner and the. Westbed meeting as well. Um, but right. I, yeah, I, I did see a few people Friday. Saturday morning before we left. That's true. I, right. I remember doing that. And it looked like, the, and we'll get to talking about that a little bit further, but I think the, the meeting that you guys had was, was a good successful meeting, and, and we'll have you talk about that as we get further into the show. Um, I always like for the for the listeners, though, to get to know who our, who our guests are, uh, what your background is, and uh, what you're doing now, and, and those kind of things. And one of the things that I think I heard you say when we were talking the other day was that you, when you went to the company where you are now, you didn't necessarily go there as part of the survey operation to begin with. Is that true? That's that's correct. I um, originally moved to Austin in 2001. I didn't know what I was doing or what I was getting into. Um, I applied at a temp agency, and they were looking for somebody uh, really just to answer the phones. And they called me up, and I was actually on my way back to Abilene, um, West Texas, where I'm originally from, to visit my family. And they asked if I could um, go to a surveying company just to answer the phones for the afternoon. And I thought, well, okay. So I basically turned around, went back to my apartment, and dropped off my stuff and headed in. And um, I worked there for a couple of years as an administrative assistant. Um, I helped with invoicing and the answered the phones and helped with all kinds of administrative uh, needs at that time. And I was there really briefly before I decided that that was something that I thought I might be interested in pursuing was land surveying. Um, there was so many different aspects to it, and it really just kind of piqued my interest. And so I started taking classes at the community college, and uh, the rest is kind of history. <laughs> Now was that is was that community college was that that's not Tyler though right? No, it was Austin Community College. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would. That's one of the things that we've been talking about a lot lately. That you brought that up actually uh, at the community college. We've been trying to get a a handle on what schools throughout the country are offering serving education. And there's just so many that we don't even know about, and we're mm-hmm. you know we're trying to get our leadership and our folks back in the state societies to help us out with that because 
by and large, there's a survey in almost every community somewhere. So, so, and they know about those kind of programs. But, but again, it's just um, indicative of the the various ways that not only people get into the profession, but how they can begin to get some education that leads them toward toward what they want to be doing. And so, we have at least five that I can think of in the uh, in, in the state of Texas. Um, so we, we have several different locations that people can uh, can go to to get their education for surveying. So when you, when you got the interest in surveying, did you uh, immediately go to the field, or how did you, how did you work in? No, I, um, I actually completed all of my classes up to my internship class um, while I was at uh, McGray McGray Land Surveying, where I'm actually at now. Um, but at that time, I was ready for my internship, but there really just wasn't a place for me at that time. Um, and so I went to another company um, to to get the requirements that I needed for my internship course, um, which could be done in the field or in the office. And so I began um, as an entry-level tech at another surveying company. So did you... Um how do those typically work for the to get the credentials you're looking for? Is there some component that has to be field or office, or can it be either? It can be either. Um, a lot of people prefer the field route, and and I feel like I've missed out some on that because I've I have a very limited amount of field experience. Um, the majority of my experience has been in the office. Um, once they got me behind a computer and knew I could do the work, they they kept me there. <laughs> so that I, sounds very surveyor like. That's the kind of <laughs> things we do. <laughs> yeah. And we find somebody that's that's good at something, and and I I think it's probably changed a little bit over the last oh, say even twenty years maybe or more that um, more and more people in in the surveying profession are are more comfortable with all of the technologies that that are out there that we have to learn about or deal with but i i think over time regardless of how someone came in to an office whether it was in a state where you don't need any formal education at all or if you have varied levels of uh, varied ways of getting there if if we found somebody who knew how to manipulate those those befuddling machines <laughs> it was just um, it, you know, it was let's put that person doing that work because I, part of it was selfish, I think, on our part. So we didn't think we needed to do it, maybe, but or or I guess in a lot of cases might have even been some intimidation of the machines just because of knowing what the machine was capable of doing, but maybe not grasping how all the concepts worked. You know, ourselves and and when I say ourselves, I'm just talking collectively of mm-hmm. of the surveying profession. So I can see how how that easily happens. Um, and so you, I guess you stayed there till you were ready to do the SIT. Is that the way it worked? Um, I, uh, correct. I was at the next company that I worked for, which was primarily construction staking. It was GNR Surveying in Austin and um, primarily construction staking there. And so I wasn't um, receiving the boundary experience that I really needed um, in order to pursue the SIT. Um, so I... Uh, <laughs> I left there and went to work for another company um, who did primarily land title surveys, boundary surveys, land development surveys. Um, so there was a lot of boundary uh, involved at that company. 
and that was Arbiter surveying in Austin. Having you say that just brings up a really important point, I think, about how we, the serving profession, and and how we um, uh, citizens in general need to better understand the, the thought processes of how people get to their goals these days. And and what I mean by that is years ago, the, the theory was, um, maybe unspoken, but it was kind of the way things worked out with, with a lot of people, is whenever you went to work at a company, regardless of how you got there, if it was after you had a degree or you were, and I'm not just talking about surveying specifically, but 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 it certainly was true in surveying, um, you'd go to work someplace and you kind of felt like that was where you were going to stay for the rest of your career, that that was your lot in life and that's what you were going to do. And fewer people were willing to step out of what seemed to be some level of comfort, whatever it may have been, and say, you know, I really need more. I, if, if I'm going to get where I want to go, I'm, I'm going to have to do other things. Right. And it seems to me that the younger generation of people, and I'm not sure where to place that marker over time because, you know, I, people on the show know me well enough to know, you know, my, my generations are me, my kids, and my grandkids. And, uh, and so I'm not sure where along the line that idea began to uh, bring itself to the forefront, but there does seem to be a young among the younger folks, young surveyors as well as other uh, individuals, the willingness to go ahead and do that, to take that step. It's just kind of interesting to me that, you know, my parents' generation was you go to work for the state or you go to work for somebody and you're there forever, and so that was the mindset we started out with. Right, and that mindset's still around to a certain extent, but the younger folks, if they if they're not getting the motivation and the drive that they need and the, the support that they need in, in the locations that they're at, many times they're going to look for some, some place that they can can meet their full potential because they that's what they want to do. They don't want to just sit there stagnant. In most cases, they want to continue to grow. And that's not everyone. There's still a lot of people out there that they're good at their so the one thing that they do and they enjoy that and that's what they want to do so they continue to do that for, throughout their career but there's also others that that want to continue to push forward and continue to reach their full potential and and they don't want to let anything get in their way whether it's the company they're at or um, some other issue that's blocking them from getting to where they want to be yeah that's really true and and just like we were saying having the the sense of, of comfort, if that's the right word, mm-hmm. that it's okay to do that, to, mm-hmm. to go ahead and pursue something and not feel stuck. Because right. I, I know that's that's been the case with a lot of people over time is you'll talk to people and they say, I hate my job, but I'm going to stay there forever. <laughs> and and that's, uh, that's one thing that I love about serving is there's just so many different aspects. And so if you start getting bored in one aspect, there's a whole other um, side to serving that you can pursue or or check out or feel out and see if that's something that you like to do as well. And there's just, with all the new technology, there's so many different aspects to surveying that you can get involved in so many different ways. Yeah, and in your area, do you see um, surveying companies broadening their their types of uh, offerings these days with all new technologies? And, of course, we all talk about uh, the drone thing now, but before that there are lots of other things. And 
I know there are probably a lot that still specialize in one particular thing, but do you see a lot of people reaching out and grasping some of those other technologies? Definitely. I definitely think that there's a lot of surveying companies out there that are adding on um, various aspects to surveying that they wouldn't have done before, primarily because of technology. And and once again, that's the reason we need um, to continue to bring more young people in, into the profession because, as we talked about before, sometimes going back to get yourself uh, knowledgeable, when you use the term educated, but knowledgeable <laughs> about the use of, of the new technologies is a daunting task sometimes for, for those of us of the older generation. <laughs> so it's even more important why, or another important reason why we need to continue to, to work to bolster that, that group of young surveyors um, that are coming forth and will be coming forth as, as time goes on. And Actually, that's one of the things I think so interesting and and intriguing about the Young Surveyors Initiative that has begun here and started to thrive pretty well, I think, um, up until this date. So let's go to our first break, and we'll come back and pick up on that topic right after this. Want to know if your Shonstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Shonstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not... Get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Don't be hoodwinked by the left who wants you to believe the fairy tale that we can power America on butterflies, rainbows, and pixie dust. I'm Marita Noon. Get the truth about energy on my show, America's Voice for Energy, only on America's Web Radio. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Welcome back, everyone. We're talking with Anna Burroughs today, a young surveyor from Texas. In in uh, every sense of the word, young. Part of the Young Surveyors Network, but but a young person as well. Um, and, and again, thanks for being with me, Anna. Oh, thank you for having me. So as you have gone from... from looking at different companies and your 
I think you said you're back where you began now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and you have been through SIT, is that correct? Uh-huh. I've, uh, I'm actually planning to take my RPLS exam at the end of this month. Well, that'll be interesting. And <laughs> what, Texas does it, what, twice a year like most states? Yes. Uh, the yeah. RPLS exam is twice a year. And do I understand, and I'm, I may be asking something that you don't even know, but just in my conversations with all my Texas friends, and got lots of friends in Texas, some of my best best people I've ever met, and one of my best friends ever was Jerry Goodson, and, and uh, I, I honor him every chance I get. But um, the the structure for testing in Texas, isn't it a little different from other states? I mean, do you do they utilize as much of the the standard NCWS exam, or do you know? Um, not for the RPLS exam. The RPLS exam is state-specific. Um, they have their own team of people that create the questions for the test and um, prepare that for um, surveyors across the state. Um, so it's, it's slightly different than uh, the majority of other states, I believe. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. The majority of the other states kind of take the... The, the standard, if that's the right word to use, exam that's created through their connections with NCWS, mm-hmm. and uh, and and I know that that's a that's actually a topic of discussion pretty much everywhere. Is that in in reality, I guess every state has its own little idiosyncrasies that mm-hmm. that it deals with. Texas maybe a bit more so than others, just because of the the nature of how Texas came to be, right? Um, right. And what and all those influences. Um, I was joking with somebody once um, about, I can't remember who who was telling me this, but some deed description had the distance between two points as so many smokes, um, apparently being uh, the time it took to smoke a number of, uh, mm-hmm. a particular number of cigarettes between points or something. But, <laughs> but I can see where the where the challenges really come in uh, in the licensing structure. And then Texas has... That the additional license, what's it called, Texas State Land Surveyor or something like um, that? The land land surveyor, or the licensed state land surveyor. Right. And that isn't required to do general work, but it's required to do work that's tied, that's by the state, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't really understand that's, all of it. That's still owned by the state, um, in essence. Um, a lot of times it'll be a vacancy or, or some other state land um that hasn't been surveyed before or that may have been surveyed, but um, the licensed state land surveyors are the ones who typically will do those, I believe. And that's a whole set of, a whole different exam, if I understand mm-hmm. it correctly. It is. Yeah. So you're going in October, so obviously you have gotten um, involved uh, a lot further than your first job in surveying <laughs> yes. in a fairly short period of time. Well, I've actually been surveying for a little over 15 years now, so I've, I've been around for a little while. Well, actually looking at people in my generation, that's a pretty short time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know in, in today's world, um, even with a four-year degree, um, you're still going to go, what, eight years probably minimum minimum before you can do the, the practice exam, I think. Right, right. Usually it's uh, about uh, four years. You can do your SIT while you're doing your four-year degree. The shortest shortest distance traveled that you could do 
your SIT while you're doing your four-year degree, and then as soon as you get your four-year degree, you can apply for the RPLS exam if you've met your requirements for your SIT and, and you've been in SIT for a couple of years. And, and some of this depends on how much experience you have as well. Um, and then you can sit for the, the uh, registration exam. Well, in case I forget, as we go further in the show, best of luck on the upcoming <laughs> Thank exam. You. Thank you. <laughs> now, do you, does it always done in a particular place? I know a lot of states are now going to that uh, testing centers. Does Texas still just have a particular place you can go? They do it at the board office, um, the Texas Land Surveying Board office. Um, and, and that's is, in Austin, I assume? Mm-hmm, that is in Austin, yeah. so I'm lucky yeah. and I don't have to travel very far <laughs> to take it, but anybody else across the state that's coming here, they'll, they'll have to travel to, to get here. <laughs> right. Well, you know, speaking of, of taking the exam and, and working with people and getting yourself prepared to, to get to this point where you're going to be now going for the license, one of the things that makes that happen, of course, and I think is has a, a direct impact on how well people perform is support from employers and support from other surveyors. And, and that kind of leads into the discussion. And we'll talk about this more than once before we get off the show today. But you and I were talking earlier just about how important it is in the young surveyors group to have uh, employers and state societies and national societies really supporting that effort. Right. It's it's very important to have that, that support behind what we're trying to do. Um, the NSPS Young Surveyor Network, they meet once, maybe twice a year, um, but they're really trying to bridge that gap between the the previous generation and the next generation and, and the current group that's that's working and surveying. And um, in order for us to do that, we need the support of all the surveyors that are out there um, already involved in um, at every level. And the state society um, has been really, really helpful at the tech, on the for the Texas Young Surveyors. And We've worked with them really closely. They've given us web space on their website. Um, they've given us, or we're sharing a booth with the NSPS um, organization for our convention this year. They're putting, helping us put on a Young Surveyor Social at convention this year. So they've just been tremendous in supporting us, and it's really important for those state organizations and for um, employers and other surveyors to support the Young Surveyors and what they're doing and help back them so that way we can really have an impact on the profession. One of the things for me that I think is so important about the Young Surveyors Group is, in a way, it's almost like a a training um, opportunity for future leaders in addition to being a way for young surveyors to get uh, involved with each other and to support the profession and all the other things that we as professionals want to do. Uh, but I think it's a really good way to develop that next group of, of leaders. Um, and, and, you know, it's almost like I think I might have even mentioned this on the show before or last week even maybe, but it's, it's an important thing to think about. And it's almost like we have kind of a gap um, between the the older, older surveyors, people in, in my generation, and the younger surveyors um, in terms of not only numbers but in terms of interest in being leaders and moving forward the profession through activities that we do collectively in our associations 
um, whether they be local or state or, or national. And it, it seems to me that the Young Surveyors Group has a really good opportunity in conjunction with, with us and the states to kind of provo- provide that that access that's necessary to create the that next group of leaders and get people into leadership earlier in their careers. Mm-hmm. Because we we see so many times even even on our board, you know, most of the people on our board at NSPS have been a president of a state society. Mm-hmm. And so that means they've been around a while. Yeah. Uh, and so that's that's one of the opportunities I think through the young surveyors that Maybe we can utilize it, uh, and, and not necessarily its original purpose, but but as a way to to get younger people more involved with the organizations that they're sitting in, and and with the national organization as well, and prompt them to to want to come into the the leadership structure earlier in their in their career than than maybe a lot of people have in the past. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys talk about that in your meetings or not, but but maybe it's something that we could talk about yeah, moving we, ahead. Uh, we talk a lot about um, just working together and, and kind of building our knowledge and and helping to support other surveyors across the country um, and their goals and what they want to do. Um, and a lot of that is through networking, um, through knowing people, through getting to know people, um, through having that access to people who who have many years of experience and and all the knowledge in the world that that we can ab- absorb and um, try to 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 learn from. Um, so through through that networking process, you can build your knowledge and you can also build your career and you can build leadership through that as well. So um, it's something that it, it kind of benefits itself um, once you get involved and. That's one thing a lot of young people don't really think about, and we've talked about this a little bit, is that young people aren't always willing or excited to jump into an organization. They feel like they've got lots of other things that they could be doing rather than going to a meeting and um, talking to a bunch of old surveyors, which to me, I love that. I love getting to know more information and hearing about their experience and hearing about what they do and some of the things that you know, some of the old war stories that they have to tell. To me, that's, that's knowledge that I'm not going to gain in any other way other than talking to them. Um, and so you'll, you'll learn a lot from going to a meeting and to, and to network with um, the previous generation and the current generation and even the next generation because the, the younger people that are coming up, they're bringing the technology with them and their new ideas and innovation. Um, that goes along with all of that, so it 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 works together for everyone, and I think it's great for anybody to get involved, what, no matter what age you're at, and and participate and and really become active. Because the more active you get, the more that you put into it, the more you're really going to get out of it. I agree with that. I, as you were saying that, I, I don't know if I ever mentioned this on the show before, but it reminded me of my granddaughter, who's now 22. But when Ten years ago, when she was getting into her early teens, her, her idea of having a great time was to go down to the church and sit with the old ladies who were teaching her how to knit and crochet and all those kind of things that that hardly anybody does anymore. But but it's sort of the same thing. You know, you have that opportunity to gain from other people's experiences, and and I agree with you. I, I've always enjoyed that side of things too. I I like to hear 
what people have been involved in through time, and it's always helpful in, in some way or another. Right. That's for sure. Well, we're 30 seconds from our next break, so I don't want to get too uh, involved in, in anything else. But when we come back, one of the things I did also want to talk about on the Young Surveyors Network side is uh, just that, the network. Okay. Because, um, and, and I can explain a little bit more what I mean by that and, and developing that network and having the opportunity to do so um, in the in the way that we're working forward with this group rather than just trying to figure out how to, to do things be, uh, from a networking perspective. So mm-hmm. let's go to that break, and we'll come back in a couple of minutes. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next-generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. Whether cruising the strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. As we were going to break, um, I started a little bit of a conversation about the whole concept of networking, and and Anna brought that to my, my, my thought process when she was talking about really liking to, to talk to other people, surveyors who had a lot of experience and kind of learning from their experiences, and it, and it made me think about the, the opportunities also presented where, as you're building a business, um, or even keeping a business going, um, it's always been beneficial to me as a participant in, in, in SPS to know people from a lot of different places, and it helps to build business that we can both or all of us can share in and and create a network that our clients can use because we know each other. And, and I, I would expect that that will come to be the case with the Young Surveyors Group as well, and even maybe more so because of the way the the Young Surveyors Group is structured, where you're you're meeting for the purpose of networking in a, in a sense. Right. Um, so I, I, we actually had this conversation um, just last week in Arizona. Um, myself and Kelly Miller, who's out of um, 
believe she's out of Oregon, um, but she works for Bonneville Power, and she said, you know, if I ever had anything come up in another state, I have other people that I can contact that I know of in that area that can, if they can't help me out, then they can prob- for sure refer me to somebody who can. Um, and, and so that's a big benefit of, of getting to know more people and to participating and, and to go to meetings and to network with other people, whether it's on your like, local or your, your state level or even at the national level. Um, it just builds your network of people and your network of resources that, that you can go out and contact other people if you need help with anything or if you uh, need more information about a certain area um, or whatever project that you might be working on or even client-based as well. Yeah, absolutely. And um, like like you were saying, you have that opportunity to, to reach out to them. And one of the things you just talked about was they will either help you or reference you to somebody that they know that can help you. And sometimes over over history, that's been a little bit hard to get people to do because sometimes people don't want to admit that they don't know everything, and so they just <laughs> go out and prove it. But <laughs> but anyway, um, that is a good part of the whole networking process, whether it's young surveyors or in general, I think. Um, and, you know, speaking of, of numbers, do you all talk at all about what your your internal networks in your state are like? I don't, like, for example, I'm in Texas, my understanding at least is that you have a fairly decent-sized n- number of participants. But mm-hmm. is that part of your discussions when you're in your meetings? Well, when you say participants, that's funny because we have um, uh, we have a lot of members, but I think this is kind of across the board in most states and in most areas. Um, it seems like there's a lot of members that maybe only 10% actually actively participating, attending the meetings or going to the conferences or um, really getting involved in any way. So we have a lot of numbers, but as far as active participants, we could always use more. <laughs> um, so I know that that's a, um, it, it's very important to keep keep it going and without other people and new people coming in, it's, it, you know, it can can be difficult for the people that are that have been involved for a long period of time and you know they continue to be involved but it, it helps to have new people come in and um, have more active participation across the board and I know that's something that we're working on in the state of Texas and I know that's something that the young surveyors are working on across the, the country um, as well as in each individual state is helping to promote um, the state and the national organizations as well. Yeah, and, and really, I believe the way the young surveyors has been set up and uh, the approach that's being taken there can ha- really help facilitate that. Because what we find is that typically in a state or even in the national organization, you got a certain number of people that are going to be really active, and you, know, you look at the rosters of state societies, and you see about every. 15 years the same person was president or something. And, and so what that's telling you is that you've got, you know, probably a group of really dedicated people that are going to be there forever, and then maybe you don't get as much participation. But hopefully with, with what's happening with you guys, it can draw in more people from from a broader group within a state or, or a chapter, for that matter, um, and get, um, get more involvement and get more people interested in being part of the, the leadership process. Right, right. 
So what are some of the things you guys have talked about in terms of activities you want to do? And, and I know you're going to need more support from all of us to, to be able to get them done. Well, um, in Texas, we've, we've really kind of just got off the ground. Um, I was placed as the uh, director for Texas um, in November, I believe, of last year. And since then, um, really I've focused on building the leadership team that I need to support um, such a large state. Um, it's just too big for me to try to do on my own. So my, my first goal was to try to find some regional officers. And I was able to, to get five regional officers. I'm still looking for more. Um, and we've really kind of grown together and focused this year on um, our upcoming convention. Um, we're going to have a booth there this year. Um, and then also the Young Surveyor Social that we're going to have at convention. So our biggest focus right now is using those two events to really recruit and to connect with the young people across the state that will be attending a convention. And we've done a few other activities, but really that's been our biggest goal this year. And then next year we're hoping to have more meetings across the state. Um, I know some of the other states, um, I believe it's Maryland, that they just have their young surveyors meet 30 minutes before every meeting. Um, so every state or every chapter meeting they'll have um, somebody come in or they'll have the young surveyors meet up before that meeting. Um, and that way they can all get together and kind of hang out. And then they're there for the meeting, and so they get to, to hang out with the, the other members that are already active as well. And that's just kind of become something regular for for that group of people, and that's working for them. So what works in one location might not work in another location, and it's really up to, to each state and each young surveyor group to determine what's going to work best in their area. As, as we're going through this process of trying to quantify what, what we have available for surveying education around the country at whatever levels there are, obviously that involves students, and, and there are such things as student chapters and that type of thing. Are, are, are you seeing in young surveyors that some of the people who are participating are students or are most all the, all the people already out of school and working somewhere? So far what I've seen, most of them are already out of, um, out of school and working somewhere. Um, I'm hoping that will change. One of my goals next year is to kind of reach out to some of the, the colleges and to try to promote to the young, the young students that are involved in those schools um, and try to get them on board early on. Um, that's one of the things with, with having a booth at convention this year. We have a lot of students that come in and help with convention every year. Um, and since they'll already be there, I'm hoping that we can get them signed up um, while we're there and continue to reach out to the schools as well as um, to the other areas of the state. Yeah, I think that would be a really good connection to be able to, to pull the student groups together with the, with the current young surveyor groups and, uh, and just sort of build that energy from, from there on forward. You know, one of the things that I don't know if, if how much more experience, but I, the first time I met you was at the meeting in Minneapolis, which had quite a few international young surveyors. Mm -hmm. And it seems to me, just in reports I see, that in some places that they have really, really big and active groups of young surveyors. 
Right, and that's really amazing to me and really inspiring to me um, to see those kinds of numbers across the, the world. Um, and I'd like to see that here in the United States. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I thought some of the presentations that, that some of those folks gave up there in, in Minnesota were, were pretty intriguing. They yeah, had a lot of... The, the one guy from Jamaica, where he had pictures up there of serving on the beach, and I kept thinking, I need to move to Jamaica. <laughs> 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 and then there was a, a young lady from, I believe, Argentina um, that spoke as well, and then we had somebody from the States that was in Alaska and he came up there and spoke and show, shown a bunch of pictures of the uh, of his surveying in Alaska with the snow everywhere and digging many, many feet into the snow to find a boundary corner. And I thought that would be pretty cool to do for maybe about a week and then <laughs> be able to come back to Texas. Yeah, that's for sure. And I, I haven't talked to, to John, John Hohall, mm-hmm. lately about if there's going to be any other um, – international meeting here has there been talk among your group that if there's an international group somewhere else you want to try to get there um we've talked about possibly participating um in a future international meeting um i know there's one coming up in turkey and there's another one coming up in vietnam um and then the possibility of one being closer to home um so if we are really active in any of them, it'd be one closer to home, if that's a, a possibility. It, just, it becomes very expensive to send people to other countries, and so I oh, don't know how much sure. participation <laughs> we'll get sending to another yeah. country. I'm sure there will be a few people that will be willing to go or that will have um, the financial backing and support um, that it takes to go to one of those other countries, but uh, I don't know how much participation we can actually uh, see in another another part of the world um, as far as from our organization from NSPS Young Surveyor Network. So I'm sure we'll have well, at least one person there, but I don't know how many more. Right. What I'm hoping is that if, if we are fortunate enough to get the the bid to hold the international conference here, it'll, it won't be till 2022, which seems like a long time, and, but it really isn't. It's like day after tomorrow almost. <laughs> uh, but that would be one of the, the missions of that meeting, right. to hold an international meeting there and have representatives from everywhere. And then more, I think more of our our national group could be able to go to that than, like you said, traveling right. halfway, around the, halfway around the world is a little expensive sometimes. Right. I think that right. if, if we're able to, to have that happen um, here in the States, then I definitely think you'll see a big turnout from the Young Surveyor Group. That'll be great. That would be excellent to, to show that kind of strength and, and uh, getting everything together, uh, getting everybody together. So we're, we're almost at our last break. So when we come back, I don't want to miss anything else we want to talk about about the Young Surveyors, but I'd like to talk to you about, about what you're looking for in the future and how you see the profession playing out for uh, people in your age group and, you know, where we're going. We're always worried about the future of the profession. So <laughs> I'd like your perspectives on that as well because it's so important. We, we as the old people sit around and think about it, but we need to find out what young people think too. So let's go to our last break and we'll be back in a couple minutes.
Want to know if your Seanstead locator is still under warranty? Go to Seanstead.com and click on Warranty Finder in the lower left-hand corner. Enter your six-digit serial number, and it will tell you everything you need to know. Out of warranty? Click on Repair Department. But here's a tip. Before sending it in, pick up a $25 discount by going to Specials and Sales under the Buy Now tab at www.schonstedt.com. This is Dr. George. Join me Wednesday mornings for Medicine on Call and participate in a lively conversation. Learn what's happening behind the headlines in medicine. Understand Obamacare and learn how to protect yourself and navigate the system. Quick Stakes is your answer to staking. Lightweight, easy to ride on, easy to use, easy to find, and won't break your back carrying them like the old-fashioned wooden stakes. Have you tried a sample? If not, get a pen and paper and write down this number, 800-438-0387, or go to quickstake.com, that's Q-U-I-K-S-T-A-K-E.com, and order your samples. Ask your surveying supply dealer for quickstakes today. Attention surveyors, Seanstead announces the Maggie, the next generation magnetic locator. The Maggie combines the best features of two flagship Seanstead products, the sensitivity and precision of the GA52CX and the visual display and single-handed operation of the GA92XT. Contact your dealer for details or go to www.seanstead.com. Seanstead, the best just got better. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. So in our last segment today, I want to talk a little bit about looking, forecasting into the future. We, we've been trying to forecast into the future for such a long time, and somehow I don't think we've actually ever got it figured out. Um, well, it's pretty difficult. And maybe, that, maybe nobody ever gets it figured out now that you think about it. I don't know. It's pretty difficult um, to predict the future. It's kind of like predicting the weather in Texas. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, that's absolutely for sure, and and of course we got technology changes and and just so many things that happen. I it it just is beyond my imagination at this point. I guess it was always beyond my imagination, but it's beyond <laughs> my imagination now to think how much further we can go in the technological revolution uh, in terms of how we gather and process information and that kind of stuff. And what impact that might have on, for lack of a better term, the integrity of what we do. Because it seems with where we are in technology now, in some cases it is having a negative impact on, on from my perspective, on the, on the integrity of what we do. Because maybe we're not thinking through the whole process of what it is we're trying to accomplish rather than just get an answer. Right. Um, and I don't know if you guys are seeing that, but it just seems to me that our, our reliance on the technology sometimes kind of undermines those underlying principles you were talking about earlier that you that you get a good grasp of in talking to some of the older folks. I, I definitely think it's important to understand the process and understand um, the background and the history of the particular area or of the profession itself um, in order to to be able to see and find errors or 
um, issues with the technology that you may come across. Um, technology has come so far, but then there's also so many different aspects to it, and it's catered to so many different um, professions. And so with that, it can cause issues along the way um, if you don't know what to look for. And so part of that is is, is really training the young people um, and older folks that are using the software that to really understand the background and what the software is doing. Um, that's one thing I, I can see, you know, being an issue across the board is if you don't really understand how the technology is, is, is processing your data, then you may or may not be able to catch errors that, that occur in that data as it's processing. Um, so I think that's very important. Um, but also I think that the new technology um, really can become a huge time saver um, across your company and across the industry. Um, there's just so many ways out there to make things more efficient. And if you don't jump on board on that, then you're really just shooting yourself in the foot because then you don't, you're not... Um, you're not competitive anymore if you don't take um, take advantage of some of those new, more efficient ways of using technology um, for your company. So I think in, in the future of surveying, I think there's just going to be more and more ways to make things more efficient, more streamlined. Um, I think there's so many new, innovative things coming out. Um, it just it blows my mind, and I know that the the future of surveying is is very very bright as long as we continue to to seek out the new technology and to accept it and to utilize it and to kind of keep an eye on how those new forms of technology affect our profession as well. Um, it, it may make it easier for other uh, professions such as civil engineering or GIS to kind of step on things that were previously kind of our territory as surveyors. Um, so we need to make sure that we're protecting the interest of the, the public and protecting the interest of our profession um, with these new technologies that are coming out and, and make sure that, that we're the leaders of that um, and not just kind of on the sidelines. Yeah, that's a really good point. The, the acceptance, I think, is, is a really big issue that hasn't always worked well. And regardless of what the new technology was, you know, whether it was uh, uh, EDMs or whether it was um, uh, satellites or whether it was GIS or whatever it was, we we seem to have been reluctant to grasp it, and, and I don't mean grasp it in the terms of understanding, and which was true to some degree, but grasp it from the perspective of realizing that it's a really useful tool for what we do rather than portray it as n not part of what we do. Mm -hmm. No question about that, and just just accepting what it is. You know, another thing too that that I think is really important. This this kind of came home to me. I was having a conversation last week with somebody about. Um, there's a thing called the uh, uh, certified federal surveyor that BLM has out there, where people can get a certification in public land surveys, so to speak. That we don't do the work; we just sort of do the administrative part of it. There's some discussion about us taking it over. And being a Virginia guy, I don't really focus very much on on public land surveys. But and I guess I hadn't really thought about it all that much. But 
actually, although that's a uniform system across much of the country, it's administered differently in different places. And so it almost made me think, well, gee, does does one certification cover everything? Because it depends on what's taught in that certification class, I guess. Right. Um, so, but I think it, it gets back to what you were saying earlier, it, not only accepting the technology, but understanding the application of it wherever you happen to be mm-hmm. um, and looking at the history that goes along with, with that particular area and the way things have been done. Not that you're going to perform the work exactly the same way, but understanding how it was done, that, that's a really big element, I think. Right. You know, another issue that, that I'm certain that the, the Young Surveyor Group is going to be very helpful with is to assist in defining how we as a profession, not forget about associations at this point, but we as a profession can can reach out and recruit to the younger group. We, we struggle with that mightily, and we keep trying to figure out what's the best path to go. Um, so I'm thinking that the, the Young Surveyors Group has an opportunity to help us better understand what the right path is because everybody that's in that group has had some path to get there, just like you've had your path, other people have their own path. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that that'll be a really good place for young surveyors to play a big role as well as in in promotion of the profession and helping to uh, to foster it even beyond even beyond you you guys. Right. That's and that's part of our mission statement um, for the Young Surveyor Network is to promote and to um, bring people into the profession. Um, we've talked about this bridge, this gap in between the the previous generation and the next generation, and. We're kind of hoping to build on that and to help recruit and and bring new people into the profession. Um, it's really going to fall, you know, it's going to kind of fall down to the state and the local level for surveyors to do that, um, and for young surveyors to do that. So it's it's very important for the surveyors, especially at the local and the state level, to be supporting their young people because. They're the ones that can connect to the next generation and continue connecting to the next generation and the future generation after that. Um, and, and by doing that, there's so many different new technological advances that comes into surveying now that really is exciting. We've got the drones. We've got the LIDAR um, scanning. We've got... there's the GPS and all different kinds of, um, of new tools that are exciting and really cool. And if we can just take that and show that off um, to the younger generations, then, then they may see, oh, that's kind of cool. Maybe that's something I'll consider later on in life, whether it's at an elementary age or middle school or high school, whichever age range you're, you're reaching out to. Um, we have a gentleman in Texas, Connor Brown. He is just been amazing here in Texas. He's, he's dropped off the, some of the PR brochures that we had made for um, on the state level, and he's taken those out to, I believe, over 40 different schools and dropped them off with the counselors there, and he, I believe he's, he has uh, participated in presentations at several of those different schools. Um, so really, 
when you can find people that are willing to, to kind of do some of that and to go out to different schools and to go talk to the young people and to get involved. I know there's another gentleman in Colorado, and he works very um, with the Boy Scouts and their merit badge program, and he does that every year. Um, so doing a lot of those things helps bring new people to the profession. And it's, it's kind of funny to me because every time I go to one of these events, I end up talking to somebody who's been around for a long time and not even at the at the meeting it's it's on my way to or from the meeting um in february i talked to a flight attendant who just had a wealth of knowledge about surveying and he's not even a surveyor but he knew all about it because his dad was a civil engineer and taught him that everything that they had was because of a surveyor because the surveyor could go out and put his his dad's design the engineering design that he had could put that to work in the field and on the ground to to build the bridges or the airports or the roadways or whatever. And so, you know, he he was very passionate about surveying, probably more passionate than a lot of people about surveying, and especially somebody that's not in surveying. And that was really neat to get to talk to him. And then um, this time around, I'm on my way from the airport in the shuttle uh, bus to get to the, the resort and as soon as I um, get in the vehicle, we strike up a conversation. She asked me where I'm going, and she's actually a civil engineer as well. <laughs> that was just pretty amazing to me. She's re- basically retired. She kind of does some things on the side. Um, she's, I don't think she was an actual licensed engineer, but she, was, uh, she did a lot of tech work, I believe. And um, so she knew all about surveying as well. And so there's just there's so many connections. There's so many people that know about surveying but they don't consider choosing that as a career. And so we really have to get that um, get that connection somehow to where we have people that will consider that as a career. That makes perfect sense. And we're about one minute away from uh, coming to the conclusion of the show today, so I want to be sure that I thank you for joining me today. It's been a real pleasure to have you with me, and, and I know our audience will gain from from your perspectives and I'm really looking forward as as we as are looking forward to the fact that as we move ahead um, our our network's going to become stronger and I think what's happening now with the young surveyors group is truly is the future of the profession not only from uh, perpetuation but from leadership of organizations so I, I appreciate you guys so much uh, for what all you're doing and the sacrifices that you're making to to come to meetings and to participate in all the activities. And so thanks so much for being with me today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. So now you have to go back to work, I guess. And <laughs> yeah, i got to get back t- to billable work. <laughs> that's right. Well, take care, Anna. Thank you so much for joining me today. Okay, thank you, Kurt. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. <laughs>